Praise the Lord. God bless you. We're happy for all of you that are with us here today. And I want you to open your Bibles, if you would, with into Revelation 14, 6. And I want to talk to you from my heart here today on this Bible lesson that I want to read to you. Uh, found here in Revelation 14, 6. I'm going to read this sixth verse. And I saw another angel. Notice the word angel. I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. This identifies it to be the Gentiles, Gentiles. Some places in the Bible it speaks specifically of Israel. Some places, other places it speaks of the Gentile world as a whole. Verse 7, saying with a loud voice, Fear God, give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and the seat, sea and the, and the fountains of waters. And so this was what the angel was, was preaching and saying, Worship God and give him praise and glory for everything that he has done for mankind. Praise God. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to get right into this because I want to go into, use my pen for a pointer here, how God has chosen to save us, how God has chosen to save us. So if you'd go to Romans chapter 10, verse 13 with us, Romans 10, 13, I'm going to read some verses here to you to show you here how the Lord has chosen to save people who would be saved and will be saved. And uh, this is what God has designed himself. Verse 13, this is uh, chapter 12 and verse uh, 13. We're reading 13 here, Romans 13, 13, 14, and also verse 17. Look at this, these verses with us. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Verse 14, how then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Without a preacher. So now, I'm going to go to verse 17 very quickly here. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Praise the Lord. Now, this is not in your notes here, but I want you to go with me to 1 Corinthians 121, 1 Corinthians 121, and uh, I want to read this verse of scripture here to us uh, in conjunction with what I've just read to you here, 1 Corinthians 121. It simply says, for after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Praise the Lord. God has chosen, the Bible here says, the foolishness of preaching to save those that believe. And uh, I'm going to also include with that verse, a verse that's found in Romans chapter one, verse 20. And again, that's not in your notes here, but it's to substantiate what we are pointing out here that God has chosen by the foolishness of preaching to save the lost or he's chosen preaching by which this, the lost may be saved. Look at Romans 1.20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. The invisible things, notice this now. This is Paul writing saying, the invisible things of God are clearly, invisible things, things you can't see, are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made. We understand spiritual things about God by what we see with the natural eye. Even his eternal power and Godhead so that they, the people that would reject him are without excuse. Then it goes on to say in verse 21, because that when they knew God, that's the other the older generations, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations 
and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Now what the Lord is pointing out here is that you can look at the stars and the heavens and the earth and the things around you and you can see the handiwork of God in all those things. You don't have to be a genius to do that. But he's saying that God has revealed himself by what people see. Now, you've got all of these characters out here that's trying to say, you know, oh, there's a big bang, big, the big bang theory, you know. Something went bang and then all the planets and everything is all flying through space and they're all still flying to this day, you know. Well, I asked a fellow one time, I said, what went bang? What was it that went bang? Well, I don't know what it was. I said, well, whatever it was, God had to have made it. It didn't just happen it to be there, you know. No, I don't believe the bang theory anyhow, but that he was trying to skip the Bible where it says in the beginning, God said, let there be and let there be. He made the sun, the moon, the stars, and the heaven. He made the earth and all things therein, and all the birds and the fish and everything like that. And so in trying to rule out God, they simply try to say, oh, it just happened. We evolved from a, an amoeba or a protozoa, a little one-cell microscopic something that, and I always say, well, where'd that thing come from, you know, and everything. And it's supposed to evolve, and then and the next thing you know, you had a, a tadpole, and he crawled out, and he was a frog, you know, and all that kind of, it goes on and on and on. And finally, you had a baboon, and finally, you had a, a gorilla, and then you had a man, you know, and Bigfoot, and all that weird stuff. None of that is true, folks. It's all in the Word of God. And because of man's ignorance to the wonderful things of God that he's put there to give us understanding, and man has rejected all of that, and they've heaped to themselves idols and all kinds of worshiping of, of other things, four-footed beasts, and the Bible goes on to talk about it here in Romans. The Lord, praise the Lord, has said that he has chosen, therefore, to override this foolishness with the simple act of the foolishness of preaching to save those that believe. So that folks, if you're going to be saved, you got to have a preacher. Amen. Praise the Lord. If the world's going to be saved, there's got to be preachers. God's chosen that. Praise the Lord. I remember years ago when I was a young man and I was studying uh, in college and I was studying psychology and I remember that they had a, had a psychology book and it shows a preacher preaching and he has his shirt unpulled out and sweat flying and, and it makes him look like an idiot, you know, because they were trying to, you know, show the dignity, you know, of psychology and how the, this preacher here is what some people, if they go for, you know, well, I got news for you. That's what God's chosen. And the Bible is right on target here when it says God has chosen by the foolishness of preaching to save those that believe. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So thank God for truth. Thank God for the word of God. And, uh, <clears throat> and I want to get uh, a little bit uh, more into this as well. Now, I want you to go with me to the book of Ezekiel for a minute. I want to show you something here. I want to show you something. Ezekiel. And uh, there's a parallel between Ezekiel and what happens in the book of Revelation with John. And I'm going to connect these together. If you look in Ezekiel chapter 2, uh, we are right here. Ezekiel 2, 9. And this is Ezekiel. He was an, an, an Israelite that was taken captive in, in, uh, in Judah and was taken to Babylon over to Babylon, which is today uh, is Iran, uh, pardon me, is Iraq. And later Iraq became, it, media Persian Empire became Iran, and so they mixed together. Anyhow, it was Iraq at that time. And so he was taken over there as a captive, Ezekiel was. And here he was, this is the second chapter of the book of Ezekiel, and he's just a, uh, he, he's uh, of the priesthood lineage, and he's wondering, what am I doing over here at Babylon? We're nowhere near the in Jerusalem and the temple and it had not yet been destroyed yet. And he was a captive and he was wondering, Lord, where are you? Where are you? And the Lord appeared to him and the Lord gave him a job to do. Look at this closely now. I'm reading here from Ezekiel chapter two and verse nine. 
strange words, but this has a meaning to it. And when I looked, behold, a hand was sent unto me, and lo, a roll of a book was therein. A roll of a book. The book says, you know, were in rolls back in those days. Not a book like we know it today. And he spread it before me, and it was written within and without. And there was written therein lamentations and mournings and woes. In other words, a lot of troubles, a lot of problems was written on that scroll. Verse, chapter 3 and verse 1. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, eat that thou findest. Eat this roll and go speak unto the house of Israel. Eat the roll, put it inside and go speak to the house of Israel. Verse four, <clears throat> he said unto me, Son of man, go, get thee into the house of Israel and speak with the words unto them. For thou art not sent to a people of a strange speech, and of a hard language, but to the house of Israel. So what I'm pointing out to you here is that this is symbolic of him eating, he ate the roll, is symbolic of the Lord putting the word in him that he might be able to preach the word to these people who are not going to receive it. And he went on to tell them, and this is what it says over in verse 10, and this is not, it's not in verse 10, I'm still in Ezekiel here. I'm still in the same chapter here of chapter three, but you don't have it on 10. It says, moreover, he said unto me, son of man, all my words that I shall speak unto thee, receive it in thine heart and hear with thine ears and let and go and get thee to them of the captivity. That's those Jews unto the children of thy people and speak unto them and tell them, thus saith the Lord God, whether they will hear or whether they will not forbear or will forbear. In other words, whether they are here or not is not your problem. Your job is to preach the word to them. Praise the Lord. And so God sent to Israel in captivity, a man by the name of Ezekiel that was to be their preacher and preach to them what they needed to hear. Now they didn't like it. They didn't like what he had to say. They rejected what God was trying to tell them, but he just kept on preaching. That was his job. He told them this is what's coming on this earth. And if you want to get right with God, you're going to have to learn to worship the Lord over here in Babylon. Maybe one day we'll get back over to Palestine again. Now, now I'm connecting that praise the Lord with an experience that John had. And I want you to go with me to revelations chapter 10, revelations chapter 10. And I want you to look with me in verse two. And, uh, this is, uh, John now, a very similar situation, John, who wrote the book of Revelation. And it says here, and he had in his hand a little book open. This is an angel that appeared to John. And he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot on the earth. And I'm jumping down to verse eight, saving time here. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me and said, and said, go and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. This is the angel that's standing there. And I went unto the angel and said unto him, give me the little book. And he said unto me, take it and eat it up and it shall be in thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. Verse 10, I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey and as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And then look at verse 11. And he said unto me, thou must prophesy again, that is preach again before many peoples, not Jews this time now, that was Ezekiel way back there in Babylon. Now he's speaking to the, about the Gentiles. Thou must prophesy again or preach. And again, the word prophesy means preach. Uh, prophecy is sometimes looked at as foretelling the future, but it's not always. It's sometimes it's just speaking, speaking the language in, in our language and speaking out with boldness and the anointing of God in your own language. That was prophesy again or preach again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings, which are Gentiles. So I'm showing you here where one was to the Jews, one was to the Gentiles, but they both had the Think about putting the book in your mouth and swallowing it 
which was a symbolic term by which they were to receive the word inside of them. Now, folks, let me just say this, that when we come to the Lord, praise the Lord, we have to receive the word in us. Thank God for our preachers. Thank God for the preachers that God has sent our way. Praise the Lord. And God has chosen to reach his people by using preachers. Amen. Praise God. Now, uh, I want you to go with me to the book of Luke 8. I'm going to go to this next part B here. God has chosen people to reach people. Now, notice this closely. God has chosen people to reach people. I'm saying that because when we start out, it talks about an angel preaching the gospel. And I'm going to show you in a little bit where he was the last preacher. And it was an angel because there was no more people left. But today he uses people to preach the gospel. Specifically, I mean, mostly, mostly we could say men, but it were men and women. Sometimes God uses women too. Praise the Lord. And so I'm going to have you go with me to Luke here, chapter 8 and verse 38. Luke 8, 38. Look at this very closely here with me. <clears throat> this, this is Jesus whenever he had healed the demoniac man among the Gadareans. The Gadareans were people who lived on the, on the east side of the, of the Sea of Galilee. It was a cross over there sort of not where the mainstream flow of the Jews walked and lived. And there's a group of people over there and uh, they lived in a little city called Gadaria. And uh, they did something they were not supposed to be doing. They grew pigs and hogs and they had uh, this little business going out on, the, out on the outside of town among some of their little, what do you want to call them? overseers of those little pigs and hogs and they would sell them on the black market to Jews who wanted pork. Now Jews were not supposed to eat pork according to the law. And of course you have to remember in the gospels you're still under the law as far as the word was going to never change till after Jesus ascended into heaven and the New Testament came and the gospel was preached and then Paul came along and, and brought the Gentiles into the picture so forth. This were all Jews still. And these Jews were blackmailing, they were black marketing these pigs. And there was a man over there in the Gadaree and Jesus got in his ship with his disciples and said, go across the sea. I've got a job over there to do. Jesus knew all these things. He got over there and landed and there was a, a, there was a crazy man, wild, crazy man living among the graveyard. And, and he'd cry and scream and They'd try to chain him down, hold him down. And he'd scream, yell, carry on, break the chains and everything like that. And they just left him over there by himself. And Jesus came there and the crazy man ran down the hill, the hill and fell at Jesus' feet at the shoreline. And the devils began to speak out of him. And Jesus said, what's your name? They said, we're legions, so there are many of us. So he had a lot of devils in him. And the Lord said, I'm going to cast the devils out of them. And they, these, these demons spoke up and said, don't cast us out into the open air. Just cast us somewhere else. So he said, all right, you're going to go in these herd of swine over here. So Jesus cast out all the devils out of this, this demon, demoniac, Gadarean demoniac, cast them demons out into that herd of swine. And the swine went crazy because that was what was in them, the demons went crazy and they ran over a cliff and fell over in the, over in the Sea of Galilee and they all drowned. Well, uh, town people all come out, came out and said, what's going on, what's going on here? Well, here's what happened. All the pigs are all drowned everything. And these town people said, Jesus, we want you to go, go away, go away, leave us. Now, this town had people that needed what Jesus came to bring. They, they, they had it. But they didn't want to hear that because he had messed with their private and personal little sins that they had in their life. You know, they didn't want nobody touching their sins. No, 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 no. We'll, we'll tolerate people being blind and crippled and, uh, and, and, and having all kinds of problems and, 
uh, in, in town, but we don't, want, we, don't, we don't want nobody messing with our little pet sins. And so they asked Jesus to leave. And uh, the man that he had cast the devil out said, Jesus, I want to go with you. And here's what it says here, verse 38. Now look at, look at this very closely. Now the man out of whom the devils were departed besought him, besought Jesus, that he might go with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to thine own house and show how great things God hath done unto thee. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. No longer crazy, no longer crazy. He went back to his family, back to his home and began to witness and testify. What I'm pointing out to you is that Jesus sent a man that had been saved, he sent him back into his city to preach to his own people and talk to his own people. He uses people to reach people. Now stay with me. Praise the Lord. Stay with me on this. I want to go to another example here. Look at Acts 8, chapter 826. 826. I got a reason for showing you all of this. Look in Acts 826. <clears throat> this is Philip. He just had a great revival. In the early part of the eighth chapter, he had a great revival in Samaria. And verse 26, and the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, go towards the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. That's south of Jerusalem. That's down that Gaza, Gaza, Gaza Strip that's called today. I want you to go down there and look at verse 27. And he came and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia and eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all of her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. Now this guy was a Gentile fellow and he was looking for, he was looking for something. He was looking for some truth. Some, he was looking for something from God. And he came to Jerusalem and he found nothing. Was returning and sitting. This is now in the early church. The church was just getting started. And of course he never came in contact apparently with these Christian Jews. He was returning and sitting in his chariot and he read Isaiah as a prophet. Then the spirit saith unto Philip, go near and join thyself to thy, this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, which is Isaiah, and said, understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, how can I except a man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him, that is in his chariot with him. And it goes on to place how it goes on to show how that uh, Philip began to explain to him about the coming of Jesus Christ and would be the Lamb of God, and of course how that he would come and save men's souls from their sins. And verse thirty-five says, "Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus." And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. What's water got to do with it? It's because of what had been preached to him. Can you say Amen? And he came into a certain water and the eunuch said unto him, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said unto him, thou livest with all my, thy, if thou believest with all heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said unto him, I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God. Verse 38. And he commanded the chariot to stand still and they both went down, both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch and he baptized him. That is Philip baptized the eunuch. Now, I'm pointing out to you here that here's a man that's many, many miles away that's heading on back down in his own country. God could have sent an angel there to tell that man what to do. But he sent an angel to tell Philip, you go down there and you approach the man and you preach to him and tell him what he's got to do to be saved. And it's obvious that he preached unto him repentance. It's obvious that he preached unto him water baptism because he says, here's water right here. I want to be baptized right now. And so they both got out of the chariot and Philip took the Ethiopian eunuch into the water and baptized him. And you know how he baptized him. 
just like they baptized in the early part of the book. This is the eighth chapter of the book of Acts, just like they did in the 10th chapter, just like they did in, in, the, uh, in, the, in the earlier part of the eighth chapter, just like he had baptized the whole city of Samaria. It says he baptized them in the name of the Lord. Uh, verse 16, 8, 16, for as yet he was fallen, that's the Holy Ghost fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so here he was, he baptizes Ethiopian eunuch in the name of the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. And I'm showing you here how that God went, I mean, what do you recall it? You can't say out of his way, but he went to an extent to take one man over here to preach to another man that he may hear the gospel and he might be saved because the Lord wants us to hear the word folks and it'll come by the mouth of a preacher because God has chosen by the foolishness of preaching to save the lost to save the believers, to save those that believe. Now, praise the Lord. And so uh, he did that. Now, I want to go to one more illustration here. And I'm right on target, so stay with me. I got some good things here to bring out. Acts chapter 10, I want you to go there with me. Now, chapter 10, verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius a centurion of the band of the Italian band. Italian band, well, these, this is, he's a Gentile. Yeah, he's a Gentile. Okay, okay. A devout man and one that feared God with all of his house, gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. And he saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, which is between two and 3 p.m., an angel of God coming in to him and saying unto him, Cornelius, repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and ye shall receive the Holy Ghost. Is that what the angel said? No, sir. Why not? Why not? The angel's right there. He's praying. He's wanting to know what to do. You get the picture here? The angel is standing there. And the angel said, and he saw a vision and heard about the angel. And look at verse four. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? And he said unto him, thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. And now I'm going to tell you what you got to do to be saved. No. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodges with one Simon, a tanner whose house is by the seaside he shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. Isn't that amazing? That the angel was right there, but the Lord said to the angel, don't you tell him what he's got to do to be saved. You tell him where to send for a man to come to him and tell him what he's got to do to be saved. And so verse nine, on the morrow as they went on their journey and they drew nine to the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And I'm not gonna go into detail here because there's, there's a lot here to be said. But the Lord showed Peter with a vision, with a vision of animals and so forth, how that he has chosen to save the Gentiles as well as the Jews. And that anybody can be saved and the gospel is for everybody. Amen. Praise the Lord. Verse 19, while Peter thought on these, on the vision, the spirit said unto him, behold, three men seek thee. Arise, verse 20, therefore, and get thee down and go with them doubting nothing for I have sent them. Now, I'm just gonna jump over to verse 34. Peter went with them. He found Cornelius. Cornelius had gathered all of his kin people in there, the big, big room or a house where they were. And this says here in verse 34, then Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh me righteous is accepted of him. And he begins to preach unto him salvation in Jesus Christ and the price he paid. Notice here that there was a man preaching the gospel and the Lord chose a man. Of all the angels that could have told Cornelius what to do, the Lord had him send for a man to come and tell him what he had to do. And there's Peter preaching to him. Now, verse 44. Look at 44. Now, if you don't know what you have to do to be saved and what salvation is all about, look at the 44th verse. 
while Peter yet spake on these words, Peter was still preaching to them about how that God wanted to save the Gentiles as well as the Jews. And they could be saved just like the Jews were. And while Peter yet spake on these words, and there were six of those Jews that came with Peter, incidentally, came with them. Three men that were sent there from Cornelius, and then there were six men that went with Peter back, back to, to Caesarea with him. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. Verse 45. And they of the circumcision, that is the Jews, which believed, there were six of them there, were astonished as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. How did they know that? Look at verse 46. For they heard them speak with tongues and prophesy and magnify God. Then answered Peter, can any man forbid water? Even after you get the Holy Ghost. I was 16 years old when I went to an altar and prayed through and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and I hadn't been baptized yet. And they said to me, now we got to go down to the bio and baptize. It was nighttime. It was like 11 o'clock at night. I don't know what time it was. I said, let's go. So they took me and baptized me and a couple of others down in the bio, salt water. I got salted down, you know. It don't matter, folks, that the water's still, the water's rushing, the water's. Somebody said, Brother Myers, I don't want to be baptized in baptistry. I want running water. I said, we'll pull the plug and turn the water back on. Let the water be running, baptized right here in the baptistry. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Amen. But whatever makes them happy. Anyhow, baptizing water says, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them, commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Now, and then pray they say tear certain days. Now I'm pointing all that out to point out to you here that God has chosen preachers to reach the world. And so when I talk about the last preacher here, what's this all about? Let me go a little bit further here about God choosing people to reach people. You see, you and I, praise the Lord, have a job as well. I'm going to go to three here. Lessons for us today. Listen to your pastor. God will use him to help us. Amen. Sometimes God gives the preacher a message. And in that message, sometimes there's a phrase. Sometimes there's a sentence. Sometimes there is several sentences or a story or an illustration that is put in that message for even one person in that audience. Did you know that? Did you know that? Now, if I were to work at, for a show of hands, that would be uh, several of you that raise your hand and say, God has spoken to me like that. God has spoken to me like that. And I can tell you for a fact, God has spoken to me like that. Praise the Lord. I, I've gone to services sometimes and be bewildered that God, I don't know the answer. I don't know what to do. I don't know which way to go. And everything, and that preacher start preaching, and I'm sitting there listening to him, and I said, yeah, that's praise God, thank you, Jesus. And all of a sudden now, he's, he's talking to me, and he's telling me exactly what I need to do and what I don't need to do and which way I need to go, which way I don't need to go, and giving me the right course. How did that preacher know that? He didn't know anything about me, but God put it in his heart because God has chosen. God chose. Man didn't chose, choose it. God chose by the foolishness of preaching to save those that believe. Praise the Lord. And that's why, folks, you want to listen to the pulpit. You want to listen to the preacher. Praise the Lord. You want to listen to the, the teacher and the preacher and the, that declares the word of God because God will use the word of God to go forth from the mouth of the preacher to give us what we need. Praise the Lord. Sometimes it's correction. Sometimes it's correction. Sometimes it's encouragement. Sometimes it's to lift our spirits when we're down. Sometimes it's say, no, 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 not that way. You go this way. This is the right way. No, no, don't do that. You stay the course. Praise the Lord. But God will use preachers to reach us. Thank God for it. That's why going to church is very important. My, what a service we had Sunday night. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday morning. It was no Sunday night. Yeah, yeah New Year's Day. 
What a, we're packed out of church on Sunday morning. I thought, wow. And the presence of the Lord was so strong and mighty here. Praise God. And I'm just telling you here that God is wanting to use us as well to reach the lost, just like he uses preachers. Praise the Lord to preach the congregation to meet their needs and to help them to get through everyday life and the problems and situations that they have that they have and they're faced with. Amen. Praise the Lord. So God is so good to us in so many ways and he's always helping us. And so lessons we learn, listen to your pastor. God will use him to help us. Praise the Lord for sure. Now, hey, the difference between preaching and teaching. Let me talk to you about that for just a moment here. Ministering is helping people with the words of encouragement and comfort. This is the ministry of the word, the ministry. Sometimes our word from the pulpit and from the Bible studies, whatever they may be, are words to encourage, to comfort, to strengthen, they minister to us. Sometimes it's not just minister. There's a difference between the preaching and the ministering. And number two here is preaching is declaring the word of God in truth and letting the chips fall where they will. In other words, we preach the truth whatever it is going to be. That's what Peter did when he went to Cornelius's house. He said, I'm going to give you the truth. And they accepted the truth. Praise the Lord. And we must always accept the truth of God. Hallelujah. God wants us to be a righteous people. The Bible says that love, not the world, neither the things that are in the world, the lust, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye and the pride of life. These are the world and not of the father. And so God doesn't want us to love the world. He wants us to love truth and love the word. And he wants us to love his name. And he wants us to love him. He wants us to love his people. Praise the Lord. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will help you to love others. And we come to the house of God and here, just like we're talking about Sunday service, we worship God, we glorify God. We, folks, there's nothing like the house of God. Nothing like the house of God. God's spirit moves. This preacher preaches. The word comes forth. Hearts are touched. People receive the right directions. Sometimes it's, oh boy, he walked, stepped on my toes tonight. Well, that's what we needed because God loves us. He wants us to be saved. And that's what preaching's all about. Praise the Lord. It's right directly to us. Hallelujah. And so God has also not only given that to the preachers, but he's also given the the ministering is, re, is helping the people to come forth. And then preaching is declaring the word of God in truth and letting the chips fall where they will. In other words, just preach it, praise God, and let it be as God would have it to be. B, now look at this very closely. We as God's people <clears throat> have the words of hope to the lost world. We must continue to reach them by being witnesses. We must continue to reach the world. We don't quit reaching the world. Now, I want you to know that if there's ever been a day or a time, I'm going to talk to you from my heart a little bit here. There's ever been a day or time that we need to reach out into that world, folks. It's now. Because things will begin to shape up in this world and it's beginning to in a very subtle way things will begin to shape up in this world for the end time to be called wrapping up. It's time for it. The Bible talks about the, you know, Israel should be blinded for two days and the third day I'll raise her up. A day with the Lord is a thousand years, a thousand years is one day. It's been two days now with Israel. Two days, 2,000 years, and we're into that, into that third thousand. And the third day he'll raise them up. He'll raise them up because he'll be through with the Gentiles and he'll raise Israel back up. I'm pointing all that out to say that we are running out of time. America has lost a lot of what it used to have. When I was a young man, uh, there were great crusades that were being preached. Big tent meetings all over the nation. Healings being declared. They'd rent a, a stadium, a column and preach and thousands of people would come and hear it. You don't, you don't hear about those things anymore. You don't hear about those things. You know, some people had some fear of God, but now they are losing that. 
They're losing it. And I'm saying, folks, it's a time to get close to God. And God wants us as his people to reach out because there's people out there that's still looking, searching, that's hungry, or that's gone astray and needs to come back and find God and get back where they were before. Praise the Lord. And Jesus is on the throne and he's still doing a great work and he still wants to reach the world out of here. So we've got to reach the world. I want you to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, rather, in verse 2. I'm just one read one verse here. 6-2. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured, secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now is the day of salvation. It's not time to be putting it off. It's not time to be waiting. But today is the day of salvation. Praise the Lord. Uh, I happen to know that there were two people that came here New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, just last Saturday, this past Saturday, came to church here. They, uh, a guy and his wife, and very prominent people here in the area. And he was telling the party that he was with, he said, I was, I was raised Pentecostal. He said, my mother was Pentecostal, spoke in tongues. And I have felt in this service what I have not felt for many years. And he said, and the, the wife is, she's listening and she's nodding her head too. They, they were out in the vestibule talking. You know, this is after church and everything. And he said, I have felt the presence of the Lord. He said, I remember when I was a boy that my mother had a stool by the telephone. And she would go and sit down when she'd got all of her chores and the work done or didn't have anything that she had to do at the, in the house and sit down on that stool and she'd pick up that telephone and she'd call a friend and talk and witness to them about Jesus. And then she'd hang it up and after witnessing, and then after a while she'd call somebody else and witness to them. The next day she'd do the same thing. He said, I can remember her doing that. And he says, it's time for me to find my way back to the Lord. And he said, don't be surprised if, he told the party, don't be surprised if you don't start seeing us back in church more. I like what I felt. He was back here again Sunday night. And the Sunday morning, I mean, this was Friday night, back Sunday night again. Sunday morning it was. I'm just pointing out to you here, folks, that there are people out there that are hungry for the Lord. Uh, after, on New Year's Day, after service here, we went out to a restaurant to eat. And uh, we came out there, we got through, came out of the restaurant, I got in the car, my son-in-law got in the car, my daughter got in the car. And I mean, my, my wife got in the car. My daughter was standing over by a park bench talking to a lady, just talking and just talking to her. And she, you know, had long hair and, and uh, sandals and everything and just kept talking to her. And when she finally got in the, in the car, she says, I don't know why, but I felt impressed to talk to this lady sitting on the park bench right outside the restaurant. And the woman said to me, you're Pentecostal, aren't you? And she says, yes, how do you know? And my daughter says, how do you know? And she says, I can tell by your long hair and no makeup and your dress. And she says, I used to be Pentecostal. I received the Holy Ghost. I've spoken in tongues. She's sitting on the park bench telling her that. But she says, I'm in a lot of trouble and somebody is pursuing me. And she says, I, I've got to find a church. I want to find a good church to go to. And my daughter said, you can come to our church. You know, this was our, there's no church that night, you know. And said, but, there's, but you can come to our church. We'd love to have you, and I'll help you. Find. She said, no, no, I've got to leave town today. I've got to get out. I've got to, I, I'm, in, I'm in some trouble. But she says, pray for me because I've got to find the Lord. I've got to get back to God. Two examples, folks, and just... In, in one day, in, in just two days, 
two examples like that, that just we bumped into. And the reason I'm telling you that is that they are out there. There are people out there and God has chosen us to reach them. He's not gonna send an angel to them, he's gonna send us. He's gonna send people. So God, when God talks to you and speaks to you and motivates you and don't just hold back, it may be their last chance. It may be the only chance they have. Amen. Amen. And oh, I, I want you to know here today that God is wanting to do a work in these last days. Folks, these, those prodigals are out there. Amen. And some of them are just, they, they just need to find their way back. There's others that are just looking for something and they don't know where or who's got it or how they can find it. And I want you to know here today that God wants to use you and I as his people, praise the Lord, to reach this world that we are in. Now, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna close this out now. I wanna go back to Revelations 14. This is where we started out at, Revelations 14. And uh, I'm gonna read this verse of scripture again to you, 14, six, and I saw an angel, another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel, an angel, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, as Gentiles, saying with a loud voice, fear God, give glory to him for the honor of his judgment has come and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of water. And you know why God had chosen an angel because there was no more people because the rapture had already taken place and God had taken his church and his people to heaven. It's already, that had already happened. I won't go into detail, but that happened previously. So in one more time, God is going to preach the gospel. It says the gospel, it says it right here. The everlasting, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them. The gospel is the good news. What is the good news? It's Jesus, God and Jesus Christ came to this world and paid the price on Calvary that we can be saved. And he was saying, one more time, one more time. And there's no more people left. So God's gonna use his last preacher, and that's an angel. Just preach to the people and tell them to glorify God and lift him up and worship him and honor God. And you never know what God somehow or another will do for them to help some of them, you know, to get through what they're getting through. Don't take a chance on that. If you can't run with the footmen, you can't run with the horses. Praise the Lord. You can't cross Jordan River when it's even tide. You can't cross it when it's swollen. If you can't live for God now when everything's in your favor, you are not going to live for him in the tribulation period. So don't wait around for that. But what I am saying is that God gives one last hope. And then this is the sad part of it. And this is found all through the scriptures and I'm reading here in the 16th chapter in the ninth verse. And men were scorched with great heat and they blasphemed the name of God. The angel was saying unto them, worship the Lord, worship him who made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of water. Worship him that has given us everything that we have. No, no, this is the, the 69, and men were scorched with great heat and they blasphemed the name of God, which had power over these plagues and they repented not to give him glory. That's all they had to do was just give him glory. Look at the 11th verse, and blaspheme the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. And I can go through chapter after chapter here where it talks about these people blaspheming the name of the Lord. It goes on and on. And blaspheming the name of the Lord whenever God gave them one last chance, no more people, but he sent an angel just to say, if you just worship God and glorify him and thank him, just thank him for all the, the water you have to drink and from the earth that you live on, the air you have to breathe and everything. And they couldn't even do that because that's that generation that they was in. Folks, I'm just telling you here today that God has given us the greatest thing on the face of the earth, but he did it in such a simple way by the foolishness of preaching. 
to save those that believe. I wonder if we could stand together and just give God the praise. And I want you just to worship the Lord together with me. Oh, God bless you that walk with the Lord. And I want you to try to reach your friends, your family, your neighbors, your loved ones. Help them to come to God and be saved and fully saved. Everything. Repentance, baptism in Jesus' name. Infilling of the Holy Ghost. Let's praise God together and let's worship him. Lord Jesus, oh God, we love you so much. We thank you, Lord, because you're a great and wonderful God to us, Lord. Oh, Lord, you're a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. You're our friend, Lord, and you have said, I'll not have you to be my servants, but I'll have you to be my friends, for you share with us what you're about to do. And Lord, we know that we're coming down to the end of this dispensation of the church age on the face of the earth and that Gentiles of all nationalities and languages and people can be saved. And Lord Jesus, we ask you, Lord God, that you would help us, Lord, to reach out to this world. Help us to reach the world that we're in, Lord. Help us to reach our neighbors, our friends. Help us to make our phone calls and help us to visit the houses and help us to talk to people on the street even, Lord, and in the stores and help us, God, to reach this world while there's still time. Lord, for we know, Jesus, that you're coming soon. You have a wonderful reward for those that are waiting and looking for you, Lord. Jesus, we ask you, Lord Jesus, to bless everybody in this congregation tonight. Help us all to be ready to go when you come, Jesus. Help us to have your spirit inside of us be baptized in your name, to repent of our sins, to lay aside the world and walk away from it, Lord, and love not the world, even as Demas who loved the world and gave himself back to it. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, because you love your people. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the hope we have. We give you the praise and the glory in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, praise the Lord. God bless you. Shake hands with one with another. Amen. We love you. Remember our next service. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God.